All right, everyone. Welcome to the Overlap. I am Elias Techley, and I'm here with my friend Rian. Hello, hello. How's everyone doing? Um, hope you guys are enjoying this abysmal weather. Um, it's terrible outside. It's really hot. So we're sitting inside. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of European football. This is our first podcast, so we're going to try things out, um, see how things go. And uh, we hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, Rian, you have anything you want to add to that too? Yeah, this may or may not have been the second or third take of us <laughs> trying to start this. Elias said the wrong name. Yeah, at I forgot, least, I forgot uh, maybe at least once. Yeah, uh, definitely at least once, probably a couple more times. Uh, yeah, so like I said, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna ease into it one episode at a time. <laughs> uh, but we got a couple t- couple topics uh, loaded up for today. We're going to go through a recap of some of the international tournaments from the summer. Um, then we'll talk about some of the big transfers in European football thus far and a couple of the high-profile transfer rumors. And then a couple of the big managerial changes, uh, namely, namely, sorry to Juventus uh, and a couple others as well. So we're going to go ahead and get started with the Copa America. Um, did, you, did you get a chance to watch a lot of Copas? Uh, not particularly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, probably watched a couple of the Brazil games. Um, did not really get to watch the final, in all honesty. Yeah. But uh, I know that you did watch a lot here. <laughs> I know that you, uh, you're a man. You're yeah. a man. I'm going to let you cook on this one. So, yeah, so. well, okay. He, okay, let's, let's start with the obvious, right? Um, Argentina, um, they, they need help. <laughs> they need help big time. Um, here's the thing. They started off the tournament... Really poorly. Um, when I watched the first couple of Argentina games, I was genuinely worried they were not going to get out of the group stage. Um, when they first lost to Colombia 2-0, um, I was watching that game thinking, this isn't a team. It's more of just a group of individuals that you see in like a like a Sunday league, right? They come together and they just play pickup. Um, and then one star signing that you have that just happens to play for you guys. Um, and I was really worried. And, and by the end of it, they managed to scrape by. Um, and, you know, the obvious is that Messi didn't score that much or assist that much, especially in the group stage as well. I think it was just that one penalty. Um, but I, I'm always someone that said that he can't really be categorized by statistics, right? His influence on both Barcelona and Argentina are, are tenfold. Regardless sounds of, like a cop-out. Anyway, sounds I, like a cop-out, but go on. Just wait till we get to the uh, the sorry <laughs> and Chelsea stuff, yeah? All right. Um, but no, I was, I was really worried for Argentina and while they did go out in the semis to Brazil, I was starting to become slightly more impressed um, by the end of their tournament. Uh, they played really, really well, in my opinion, in the semi against Brazil. Um, I genuinely think they were the better side. I think they got really unlucky. Um, they hit the post a few times. They hit the, they hit the yeah. post two or three times. Um, thank God it wasn't Iguain, though. If it was Iguain that did that, <laughs> I would have gone nuts. I would have been way more pissed. But um, they hit the post a couple times, um, and... There are, you know, those two quote-unquote calls that should have been penalties. Um, objectively, you know, they, they should have been. VAR. We're going we're to save VAR yeah. for another time. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of thoughts on VAR. But genuinely, they had a couple missed calls that would have turned the game on its head, uh, especially in the last 15 minutes of that semifinal. Um, so, yeah, Argentina, are they still a side that needs a lot of improvement? Absolutely. Um, are they a side that's shown some promise, somewhat, some semblance of a team? Yeah. Do I think that they're going to win the Copa next summer in Argentina? I hope and pray they do, especially because it's in Argentina. Um, and granted, I think that will 
that'll be close to, if not Messi's last international tournament, um, most likely. Um, I don't think he end up he ends up playing the next World Cup. I mean, I've certainly been wrong a bunch of times before. Um, but those are those are my two cents, um, and that's with Argentina. So they disappointed in a sense that they didn't win, but they I guess exceeded my expectations by escaping the group stages. Yeah. So do you, do you think they're better? Do you think this team was better than the one that went to the World Cup last year? Was this team more Ooh. talented um, or same? No, I, I that's a good question. I don't think that they were necessarily less or more talented. I think it was it was comparable. Right. But I think the issue with last summer's team is that they had better players on paper but couldn't necessarily perform to that standard as a team, as a unit. Whereas I think you had more more Argentinian, Argentinian players this summer who weren't necessarily as well-known but started to work well more yeah. so as a unit. Um, but with that, the trade-off is less experience, uh, especially on the international tournament. Um, you have younger players and things like that, so you have to allow them to grow. And I hope that over the next year that they'll be able to do that before next summer because um, Brazil is gonna, definitely going to want to fight back and, and keep that title. Yeah, so the thing I can understand last year especially and – you know, prove, like, tell me if I'm wrong. What if they did it this year? Why is Dybala not starting? Yeah, in the team? yeah <laughs> I don't yeah, understand yeah. that. Why so, is Dybala not consistently starting? Yeah. Well, the <laughs> the number one problem with that that at least I think it comes down to coaching. I don't think there's been a good Argentina coach. Um, for, That's fair. Yeah, for the last at least ten years. Um, I thought Maradona was awesome. What are you talking about? about Um, And that goes back to the 2014 World Cup as well. Uh, That was the closest um, they got to having a coach. I think it was Sabella. Um, And that was iffy as as it was um, because Messi carried them really. But I I think the number one problem is that people realize that Dybala is two things. Uh, One, he's slightly more inconsistent, even though he's extremely well-talented and very technical and and could absolutely play in that team. He's another one of those, like, Argentina guys who's great on the club level. Yeah, like uh, like Di Maria or (laughs) even debatably Higuain at some point. Like, he he was killing it at Napoli um, a couple years ago. But the second thing, and I think the more problematic thing, is he occupies a similar space to Messi. On the field, right? You, Messi is someone who roams freely and uses up his own space where he sees fit because he's the one that can make key passes and create key chances. Whereas Dybala is very good in a certain area of the pitch, and that's at least when I've seen him more so on the flanks. Um, and occasionally he likes to drift inside. So when he drifts inside, if he has the ball, you're just stepping back into the space that Messi may have given right. you the ball. So you're not actually allowing him to create more space for you. You're just reversing, or at least he's reversing that same issue that you came from. And I'm not saying that this always happens. I, I think Dybala should start. He, he yeah. had a great tournament for the couple games that he played and when he subbed on, and he played fine. Um, I wish I could see him play more, especially for Argentina. But I think that's the, the main problem that a lot of managers see is that he he's a little too comparable to Messi when it comes to to play style but if you ask me personally I think that's kind of a sham and I think you could still play him if you you know allow Messi to sit a little deeper which I think he will start to do in this Argentina team and in Barcelona um, and allow Dybala to play a more advanced role that would, that would be the obvious thing for me but I'm not in the Argentina camp so yeah I'm not yeah no decisions. it's just it's just tough when you have 
when you have um, a guy, you have Messi, you have Aguero, you have Dybala, and you can't find a way to throw all three of them on the field at right. the same time, and you see that really rarely, and those yeah. are three. I mean, I love Aguero. Like, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's technically, I think, the best striker in, in the Premier League, so yeah. it's tough when you don't get to put him, Messi, and Dybala all on the field right. together, and it's tough. So Right, right. Yeah, it, it's definitely tough for, for Argentina, but it's a good problem to have right yeah, you, have, no, you still have of course, of course. you know incredible key players and you want to keep them around you don't want them going anywhere or anything by that matter of course um but yeah it's, it's definitely a problem that they need to sort out especially with the core of their midfield now at least it seems like a new era is coming in and younger players and Lo Celso and DePaul yep. and things like that um DePaul had a great tournament by the way but yeah so they they need to sort that out before next summer and if they do based on what I saw by the end of their tournament I think they they have a very very good chance of going far yeah next year's no game, so. it's tough it's tough another tough yeah. summer for uh Messi a man yeah. chasing history chasing yeah. demons of the past chasing yeah. one man who's always compared to won international tournaments with goals, records, international trophies, everything. This man that he keeps trying to catch, Ronaldo. Of course, I'm not talking about Maradona. Obviously, I'm talking about Ronaldo. Another summer watching Ronaldo win a major international trophy. Oh, my God. (laughs) The UEFA Nations League. Really? Yes. That's yes. now a major tournament. Yes. It's not a glorified friendly in which you get into it's the Euros not, just because. It's not. It's no, absolutely not. Oh my god! Defeating the god Van Dyke and Delict. <sighs> god, these are the times where I wish Messi had chosen to play for Spain because I would never ever have to hear for this. When he became a naturalized, that was on a citizen. This another summer that ends with international disappointment for Messi. Unfortunate. <sighs> But That's just not what the headline should say. But you know what? We have we have better things to talk about. You know, we, we can we can move on. A team whose summer did not end in international disappointment is the U.S. Women. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Big congratulations <laughs> yeah. to to all of them. They they definitely achieved something that you know is historic for the women's game and for the U.S. as well, for that matter. So props to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout outs to obviously the god Rapino. True. Uh Rose Lavelle. Love unreal, Rose Lavelle. Unreal. Ellis, what did you what did you describe her as? I on Twitter? I think I think I sent out a tweet. I I think uh she looks like a Delco mom, uh but she plays like Neymar and so I have the utmost respect for her. For so. Ellis, and explain a Delco mom for those for those that are not uh, <laughs> familiar with the Philadelphia area. Yeah, a Delco mom is someone that you'll see walking to Wawa at any time of the day and order a, a hoagie. Uh, or go to Del Sandro's and pick up a cheesesteak uh, at any hour of the day. So she reminds me of people I've seen there. Um, but my God, she's she's incredible, and her story is incredible too. She's only I think twenty four, but she I think there's a story that was like four years ago when the women won in twenty fifteen. She was watching the game, uh, the final in Seattle with uh, like a couple of her friends that she just played uh, soccer with, and and now four years later she's a World Cup winner herself. So major shout out to her. Uh, loved your goal in the final. It was Messi esque. Um, so again, it was Messi esque. The defending on it was Gary Cahill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually very true. The, the defending was abysmal, but um, yeah, major props to them. Do you have any um another big shout out to uh Eagles legend Julie Ertz. Yeah, of course, yeah. You know, Zach Ertz's wife. Yeah, he um, he flew out or there. Or more like Julie Ertz's husband. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's uh Julie Ertz and her husband, really. Yes, yes. Yeah, of the course. star of the show. No, but I, I they were awesome. 
all through. They kind of remind me of uh, of France from last year, just because. The World Cup. Yeah, yeah, mm. just because they're the most talented team, easily yeah, yeah. most talented team, but they didn't necessarily play like the most talented team. Yeah, no. I mean, granted, yes, they did beat Thailand thirteen to nothing yeah. and um, <laughs> made a lot of people cry. Right, but, right. Uh, the way they played was they would really dominate. They, they could turn it on at any point they want, a lot like yeah. France. And uh, when they would score, you know, then don't, they didn't tank. They didn't uh, park the bus, okay? They didn't no, park the bus. No, But they were definitely picky. And mm. they probably, if they really wanted to, could have scored a lot more goals. But, you know, they were pretty, uh, they were pretty set in the way they were playing. They were pretty set in defending their leads and just being really solid. And they were really, really solid. Yeah. They cut out passing lanes really well. Yeah. Julie Ertz sitting and holding, holding mid was I, I think she was awesome. the player of the tournament. She was awesome. Honestly. She was awesome. Yeah. But it was just, like, crazy because they didn't play um, Lindsey Horan, who, who yeah. I kept reading about was, like, arguably the best midfielder in the world and she didn't start most of their games but when she did come in and she started i think against england started against england and she was awesome she provided that assist to her uh, alice morgan's first goal yeah she's she was awesome and she was someone who didn't play consistently so right right so you know they they were very france-esque in that they could really turn it on whenever they wanted and but they knew that they were solid enough defensively that they didn't need to basically so no, that's that's a good point. I think one of the reasons why they they tended to sit back, and the the only time that I was worried that it might cost them was during the England game, um, especially when that penalty came about. Uh, and I, the penalty wasn't a result, obviously, of them starting to sit back and preserve their lead. I think what they saw in both the England game and the final against the Dutch was that the wingers that they were facing were very, very pacey, and yeah. they had a lot of skill. And I think when you throw a left back into a, well, a quote-unquote yeah. left back into a position that she has Crystal Dunn, yeah, no, yeah, no. Right, exactly. No, she was, I mean, for she someone who doesn't amazing. play left back, yeah, and also playing her at left back, wow, very Mourinho, very Mourinho-esque from Joe Ellis there. Yeah. <laughs> very Mourinho-esque. Yeah. Crystal Dunn playing left back there, but she was awesome, especially in that France game against... Um, Cannot quite remember that right winger's name, but yeah. she was that that uh, French right winger. She was so tall, she was so much yeah, taller than yeah, her, yeah, yeah. and so physical. Mm-hmm. But Dunn was just quick enough right. to uh, deal with her and deal with um, the right winger Paris from uh, from England. So she she did an awesome job having yeah. to play left back. Just hilarious. Was yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. I, I thought she had a great tournament as well. She was, I think. She was great. Yeah, she was awesome. Like what I was saying about the, the, the England, the Dutch games, I think when the U.S. decided to sit a little deeper, that's when she shined the most, right. actually. She, she, I don't think she's shined going forward. I think she misplaced a lot of passes to Rapino mm-hmm. on the wing and, and Alice Morgan in the center. Yeah. I think those were misplaced and she gave the ball away a lot. But when they decided to sit back, they knew that, A, they'd have the, p- the pace to yeah. beat anyone on the wing uh, with her sitting at left back. Yeah. Um, and two, she could push the ball forward. Yeah, counter. The counter, yeah, counter yeah. out of pressure. Extremely, especially extremely late well. in the games when they yeah. had this, when they had those leads, and the U.S. women, unbelievable shit housery, yeah. unbelievable <laughs> shit housery. <laughs> yeah. It was unreal. They oh. were so good at pissing people off at the end of games. Yeah. I've never, I've definitely never seen it from the men, no. the U.S. men, but it rivals 
European clubs, <laughs> the shithousery of getting to the corner flag and literally yeah. just telling everyone to fuck off. And yeah. no one's able to take the ball off of them in that corner. It was great. It was great. It was it awesome. Was you only see that professionalism from teams that are really good. Yeah. That's, right? that's actually don't, that doesn't that's happen. True. That doesn't happen for, sorry, Thailand didn't get a chance to do it. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. So it, it, it's not, it's not, it's not something that everyone can do. You can only be so good to right. even realize to do that stuff. So, right. So they were awesome. Big shout out to them. Yeah. Um, and obviously pay them. Pay them. Jesus Christ. Pay these women. Pay. <laughs> pay. Pay them, please. <laughs> like, I, this This will move us on to the Gold Cup. The men yeah. are... <laughs> we have, if you couldn't tell, we have a lot of thoughts on the U.S. men's national team as well. The men, year after year, calling up these MLS dickheads... <laughs> Three years ago, the worst night of my life, watching them not be able to beat Trinidad and Tobago with Omar fucking Gonzalez as a center back. (laughs) And guess what? When the Gold Cup roster was chosen this year, um, there was Giassi Zardes, Josie Altidore, both picked over Josh Sargent. Who, granted, 18, but um, he's not playing in MLS. He's playing in Germany. He's playing for Werder Bremen. He's actually, you know, good. <laughs> um, we still have Michael Bradley getting called up. Is Are he you, still our captain? He I genuinely don't know is not captain anymore. The god, Christian Pulisic, the Chelsea legend. He's now the, he's um, now the first, first captain. He's right? now the first captain, the right. future Chelsea legend, obviously. <laughs> um we still have Michael Bradley getting call-ups. We still have guys from that team who are getting called up routinely for some reason. We have Will Trapp in midfield getting called up. We have Jordan Morris, a guy who turned down going to play in Bundesliga to play for the Seattle Sounders. Good. That should tell you enough. <laughs> the team's so not you wanna, you wanna talk great. <laughs> All right. But the problem isn't necessarily the guys that they brought. There's a broader problem with U.S. Soccer Federation right now. Yeah. We're looking too much at the short term. We looked to try to, uh, quote-unquote, win the Gold Cup, which, even if we won, would have been cool. But at what cost? At what cost is having Omar Gonzalez on the team at? <laughs> Why not call up Cameron Carter-Vickers, someone who's 21, who's young? We should be looking towards 2026, okay? 2022 should be a stepping stone for 2026, all right? All of our best players are under 27. We're not going to win the World Cup in 2022, all right? So you're, We're not, so you're saying there's a chance they, they, I, You know, there's, there's, we've got seven years that'll be in the U.S. and Mexico and That's Canada. True. So the problem is we should be looking towards 2026, though. That's the thing. Yeah. We've got great players. We've got Tyler Adams. We've got Yedlin. We've got Pulisic, Weah, Sargent. Love Timmy Weah. Yes. Timmy Weah is fantastic. And those guys are all great. They're all under 27. They're all going to hit their prime. Well, under other than Yedlin, yeah. but they're all going to hit their prime more likely in 2026. In 2022, we should be going in as we should be going young as possible. We should be doing what England did in 20. Well, not necessarily 2018. We're not gonna we're not gonna make it to yeah. the third place game in 2022. I can promise you that. But the philosophy that they took after 2016 
euros, getting embarrassed and losing to Iceland. They cut everyone out. We lost, We can get past Trinidad and Tobago, and we're still calling up Omar Gonzalez. Yeah. That's the difference. We need to go young, 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 and just try to let these guys build together. The thing I love about England is that I said this last year during the World Cup. I was like, it's just awesome that you look at your team and you're like, these are our guys. Yeah. Like, these are our guys for, like, the next eight years. Yeah. Like, they're all, like, 20. They, they had a they're core. all, like, yeah. between 20 and 25. Like, these are our guys. You know this is our guy. These yeah. guys are going to get called up every time. Right, right. right? No one's taking their spot. Yeah. And the U.S. needs to cultivate that. They've got more young, more of their young players playing in Europe probably than, at least in my lifetime, of, of seeing it. So, yeah. This is this is this is it. Like twenty twenty six this should be where we're targeting to reach the quarterfinal and maybe even reach the semifinal. We're gonna be one of the host nations. So, you know, that's about as good a time as you're gonna get. Right. So there's there's a big there's like a whatever. There's a larger problem with US soccer than uh than not winning the gold cup against a Mexico team that didn't even have most of their best players there too. So yeah, that's a problem. A team. Yeah, I think one of the things that if we had won the Gold Cup too, it would have it would have more just served to be a mask, right? To, yes, to what else is going on? I don't. I don't. I think it just would have been a, a total blinding effect. I feel like the the Trinidad and Tobago game was supposed to wake us up in a sense that hello, we we couldn't get to the World Cup, um, and you know, a last ditch effort. Yeah. In which we should have. I never want right. to see Christian Pulisic cry again. <laughs> okay? I don't no, want to see him cry. No one wants to see our Hershey boy cry. Yeah, that, that was unfortunate, right? But I think the scarier part is that there wasn't enough of a reaction, right, from the Federation to get them prepared for the Gold Cup. And I don't want to see that same thing happen with 2022 and especially not, you know, 2026 yeah. as well. Um because we have, we have a, we have time, right? We have time to to figure this out and and to bring up the guys that we should and cultivate the talent. Because I think people realize that obviously the youth system is important and cultivating that talent from the bottom up is what is going to get us to the next level. But you still need to do it and manage it properly. Um, and I don't think it has yeah. up until this point, which I, I think you're also trying to say as well. Yeah, Greg um, Berhalter, did you watch the Under Twenty World Cup? <laughs> We beat France. Just like, you know, granted, granted, it's under 20 World Cup, so whatever. I think, uh, I don't even remember who ended up winning it. I think it was like Korea that won it. South Korea, I think, yeah. won it. So, but that's not the point. There were some great guys in there, and those guys need to get chances over the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. I don't want to see Jesse's artist on this team. <laughs> this is unbelievable. All right. Now, uh, the World Cup qualifying doesn't start until, I think, spring of yeah, 2020. 2020. Um, I know that CONCACAF is going to be doing their own Nations League thing. Right. So, um, whatever, you know, September comes. Um, they have a couple friendlies. They have one against Mexico. I know that. Um, and then I believe the CONCACAF Nations League for the U.S. starts in October during the, uh, during the next cycle of international games after that. So... Um, not at all giving up on uh, the new coach, Berhalter. Um, I actually did when when they watched. The, I actually did like how they played. So, um, no, I think I think uh, getting Tyler Adams back, who was injured for this, uh, Yedlin was also injured. You know, those are going to be um, two big additions to have come back, as well as John Brooks. 
the best U.S. Oh, defender great, easily, great defender, yeah. easily. So, um, you know, things should should be all right in the fall. Um, yeah, big thing. Tyler Adams needs to be playing holding mid. Burhalter had him playing right back for some reason in the friendlies before that. Tyler Adams is a twenty-year-old holding mid for RB Leipzig in Germany. Played for uh, Red Bulls in New York. First, he's awesome. You should get it if you get a chance. You should look up his highlights. He's it's really great. So, uh, futures is mostly bright for the U.S., but um, mostly, mostly, Hopefully. mostly. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of it's just crossing our fingers because I have no trust in the U.S. Soccer Federation. So, yeah, yeah, that's the, the overlying problem. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens in the next couple of years. Hopefully, it goes all well. Uh, one last international tournament that we kind of took a look at. Um, granted, we'll be honest, we didn't watch too much of it. We didn't get uh, too much of a chance Afcon, to. AFCON. AFCON, AFCON Cup of Nations. Um, so, obviously, Algeria scraped out a win um, in the final against Senegal and Mane Senegal. Yeah. Don't you just love it when Africa is uh, at dispute with each other? <laughs> yeah. It usually ends well. Yeah, but... <laughs> um, no, no. The, the Algeria, was, Algeria was pretty good. <clears throat> Mahrez was awesome, as usual. Mahrez had a um, good tournament, too. I, I know a lot of yeah. people think of just the free kick as, yeah, as yeah. defining part of the tournament. No, but no, he was, overall, he had a, a yeah. really good tournament. He was consistent. Yeah, yeah. Um, watched the final. The final was uh, a lot of shithousery in that as well. Um, <laughs> the first goal, wow. I mean, seven minutes in, massive deflection, and yeah. then... Uh, a lot of fouls after that. <laughs> that's a, pretty much if you watch the highlight reel, that's what you're gonna see. A lot of fouls. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you have any opinion on the on the goal? I could not believe I was watching it. Yeah, saw a ball go up, and I was like, "Wow, well, goalkeeper's not moving." Yeah. I guess I guess that's I guess that's just going way over. And it drops in, and yeah. he didn't move at all. I mean, maybe he wouldn't have gotten to it anyway. But right, I would at least like to see an attempt. I, I think I think a lot of people would like to see an attempt. <laughs> to be to be honest, I think. If you're not gonna move, you better be a hundred percent sure right, it's right. going over. Otherwise, like, if you're, you're not gonna move. Pretend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> with it being seven minutes into, at least this is this is more. I played games too. It takes me a couple minutes to orient myself into the game. It should oh, not, sure. it should not be the case with professional players no. at this level no, in a final. Definitely not. Definitely um, not. You should be clued in second yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I really don't know why he didn't move. I, I think it could have just been instinct and sort of a shock that it was Perhaps, it had a chance yeah. of going Perhaps, in. Perhaps, yeah. That, that's um, true. That's true. But at the end of the day, it doesn't excuse the fact yeah. that he didn't yeah. move. And even though they did have, you know, 82, 83 um, minutes on top of that to, to fix it, it, it's really a shame. It's they, tough. <laughs> they, they weren't able to pull it off. And Mane as well. Um, didn't he didn't really have like a like a standoutish tournament? I mean, obviously he won the Champions League mm-hmm. and everything and had a great season, but at least I'm sure Liverpool supporters have especially it's would tough. have liked to have seen you know yeah. him continue that sort of yeah. form. Um, Long season, um, probably didn't, I guess didn't have that much rest between probably. Yeah. Where, so rest could have been. No, as he's, well. uh, neither did Riyad Mahrez. Actually. No, that's true. That's true. That's very they true. Both, they both won like a. Full I can't. Year, I probably. can't imagine either of them will play much. Preseason stuff no. for their for their clubs. Um, I, I thought I thought I read that uh, Mane will just be back for the season opener. So yeah, um, take a couple weeks off. Yeah, for sure. We for only sure. have what like two and a half weeks. We got until... 
we've so got the Premier League August 9th, I believe. August 9th, okay. Liverpool plays on Friday, August 9th. Got it, okay. Yeah, yeah La Liga, I know, is the weekend after that. So Yeah. Yeah, we're fast approaching the season, but um, fun AFCON, a lot of VAR decisions as well, which uh, we can talk about in another VAR we will, we will be getting <laughs> into VAR in future episodes. Yeah, don't don't worry. The VAR discussions are coming, and we've got extremely polarizing opinions on it, so don't worry. Just wait. Um, yes, you can expect a rant. <laughs> it's actually going to be the whole podcast. It's just going to be it, real. Yeah, it's just, it's just going to be me throwing things in Elias's house. <laughs> I rant about the intricacies of uh, VAR. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, next up, we're going to talk a little bit about the transfers that have happened so far, as well as some of the ones that are rumored to happen, including the most recent one, of Zidane's comments on Gareth Bale, but we can we can Zidane get Zidane went Conte on Bale. Yeah, he really was. I, I don't even know if throwing him under the bus is like a <laughs> is is enough. <laughs> he just well, we'll get to him in a minute. Yeah. But let's um talk about I guess the most recent one outside of that was was Antoine Griezmann. Griezmann, yeah, hundred twenty mil uh, euros to be exact from Atletico to my beloved Barcelona. Um, I'm excited. Quite frankly, I'm really excited by the signing. Um, Luis Suarez. How not, old is he now? God, I think he's 34, 33, 34. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's getting up there. He's not getting any younger. The, sure. the funny thing is, I think him and Ronaldo are about the same age, and then you look at their, <laughs> their performances yeah. as top players. Well, and like, oh. I mean, not everyone can be a god. So You're right. God can be god. There's no one else, right? Yeah, yeah. And We're still talking about Ronaldo. So No, I... I huh? Okay, huh? Oh. Are you talking about the guy who... Talking about Antoine Christ. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't have been talking about that other choke guy? artist. Oh. The international oh. choke artist. Sorry. No. Yeah, I didn't prepare Don't want to get you off. For this Don't want to get you off topic. Go All on. Right, thank you. Um, yeah, so Antoine Griezmann, I think just briefly, the biggest thing that he adds to this Barcelona team is some some substance and level of energy. Right. In in some sense, Dembele is supposed to be that. Coutinho is supposed to be that. Uh, Coutinho has not lived up to any Barcelona fan standards. Um, Dembele has been unfortunately injured too much. He's I mean, still on this team. He's. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is okay. This guy's still I'm on gonna, this team. I'm gonna come out and say this now. This is gonna be his breakout season. Well okay. At wow. I'm, I'm right. putting myself. This out is there. his third season at Barcelona. <laughs> Correct? Okay. All so right. we're talking about Antoine Griezmann. Okay. So. No, no, right. You're right. Yeah. Right. This is, I mean, he's still 22, right? He's he's barely older than That's Mbappe. That's true. He That's has true. an incredibly long career. Barely though. older, and uh, he saw zero minutes at the World Cup. But go he on. didn't see zero, say, or see zero minutes. I mean, he Mbappe, a yeah. A couple of minutes. <laughs> Don't compare him to Hey, Mbappe. he came on as a sub against uh, Argentina, so okay. I got to see him play against That's, Messi. That's, all right. That was fun. All right. And then Argentina went out. So Griezmann, um, no, I think the biggest thing he adds is energy to this front line. Um, And then on top of that, I think he adds versatility in the attack. I think in my personal opinion, I want to see Suarez phased out. I think he even said it himself that Barcelona need to look towards the future. They need to look towards Suarez said this. Suarez said this himself towards the end of the season. He said, I wouldn't be offended or anything if they started looking at number nines because I'm 34 and I'm not getting any younger. Um, And I'm glad he said that because his performances, especially in away games, especially in big competition. Well, I'll take that back in the classic coast. He's been fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. In, In the top, top, Five teams that he's played yeah. in La Liga, great. He loves derbies in general. Yeah, man. yeah, he's no, yeah. Same at Liverpool, Liverpool too. He loves derbies for sure. It's just consistently, 
he hasn't performed the way that I think he used to perform when MSN right. was together and everything like yeah, that. He doesn't so, quite have that hunger. Right. Or that well, bite. I think he's just fat. <laughs> he yeah. might have the hunger, but he's just yeah. fat and slow now. And I love him and I always yeah. will. But yeah, Griezmann will definitely offer that. He's versatile. He can play on any three of those positions in the front three. Um, and he can defend as well. He can drop deeper, connect lines. I think this is a great signing. Um, okay. I think it's the one thing that great? I find. I think, I think it's a Go great on. signing. All right, what, what's the one thing? The, no, it isn't anything about Griezmann. It's more about Atletico and their whole, yeah, you need to pay us an extra 80 mil because this whole release clause is decided beforehand. But yeah. the, I think the problem with that is that legally anything that was signed or anything that was agreed upon between Barcelona and Griezmann's representatives is going to be a matter of, okay, we'll agree to talk about this on yeah. July 1st. It has nothing to do with whatever yeah. agreement was before yeah. July 1st. So, All right. so Griezmann, great. Griezmann, great. Are we sure he's great? We'll see. I think I think he scores at least we, twenty goals. Okay. I think he gets at least ten assists. Um, I think he, he just asking, just asking. Yeah. Um, as one of uh, my friends, Sean, will know I'm not the biggest Griezmann fan. <laughs> I'm just, you know, he's he's really good. He's a what is he if he doesn't if he's not scoring? Just wondering what exactly he's doing. I think he provides assists in a sense that like he can play a Messi-esque role in dropping deeper than, say, you know, Dembele or obviously Suarez will. Right. He he does that role seamlessly, and you, if, you, if you watch him at Atletico, he does a really good job of dropping deeper and sending it forward to a striker or sending it wide to a winger. And if you combine someone with, you know, Griezmann's ability to push the line and connect the line forward and someone like Dembele's pace or Messi's skill, obviously, then you get a good combination of a unit of a front three. One that can drop deep, play either a false okay. nine or a deeper yeah. ten role, and then you have two players in front of him. So I think in that sense, I'm I'm very happy with the signing. Okay. I'll be watching a lot more Barcelona this season, so I'm ready to yeah. – uh, be wrong. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> I'm ready to be wrong. Um, if he's you know doing stuff other than scoring from two inches away, so <laughs> you're no. killing me. Uh, the other the other big name signing in Spain was uh, for our rivals was uh, your boy Eden. Your boy Eden decided to up and leave. My father, my <laughs> the Holy thick Spirit, Lord. Man, I'm gonna miss him. He, yeah, I mean, just him or the rest of him. Oh, every part of him. <laughs> every part, every of, part him. of him. Uh, yeah, no. Um, no, that was always coming. Um, it, yeah. it was sad. It was it was pretty sad. He, he could have left any time in the last few years, but he yeah. was so loyal to the club. Um, we got seven years out of him. So, you know. I'm, That's a lot. Seven years. We got his best years. We got him. Yeah, we got him turning into the player that he is today. Yeah. So yeah. you know, and um, he was he was absolutely so integral to uh, this season, especially. Um, you know, it's just a slight concern going into next season, but he was just awesome, just awesome. Um, couldn't have gone out any better than uh, scoring a couple of goals in the Europa League final yeah. to keep Arsenal out of <laughs> the Champions League. R.I.P. Um, no, he'll be awesome. I hope he I hope he does really well for Madrid. Um, you know, they haven't replaced Ronaldo and I'm not, and as any Chelsea fan will tell you, you know, Eden is not Ronaldo, right? He's not the guy that necessarily going to rely on goals for, but he's fantastic in creating chances. He is 
has so much energy, especially going forward. But um, he's a great catalyst to have because uh, everything he creates so much gravity with these defenders, right? Yeah. He's going to open up spaces, hopefully, for guys like Asensio. Mm-hmm. Um, if he hope, plays. If he plays. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what their yeah. front line even is. Yeah. Hopefully for Isco, if he's still on Madrid, I, <laughs> another one I couldn't tell. Benzema, um, Benzema and Jovic Benzema, more than... Yeah, those, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jovic is a huge signing Jovic for them. Because yeah. you know, they played... Uh, Freiburg played... Uh, Chelsea in the Europa League, and yeah, he right. and he's he was the only person that scored for them in, yeah. the, in the two legs. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's great. So he'll uh, he should benefit. It'll it'll be the best striker that uh, Hazard's played with since Costa. Yeah, so, at least partnership wise. Yes, know. yeah. So he's I expect I expect um, Hazard to score a lot this year, especially since you know it's not the Premier League; it's the Liga. Yeah, yeah, all right, let's let's take a step. Back. <laughs> uh, no, no, I expect I expect him to to do great. Um, Again, I hope I hope him all the best, and uh, I hope that Tibor Courtois um, <laughs> runs into Pennywise in the Madrid sewers. Um, that's that's all I've got there. But uh, I'll miss you, Dad. I'll miss you, <laughs> Thick Lord. I can't wait for him to possibly come back and play Chelsea, maybe in the Champions League. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be um, that would so, be a reunion yeah. and a half. No, I have. I think the biggest. Signings in Spain that are, are going to kill it this season. Um, Griezmann, Hazard, De Jong are, are the three yeah. for me that, that have the biggest potential. For sure. Um, For sure. Which actually brings us to our next transfer, João Felix from mm. Benfica for, I think it was a little over 100 mil. That's a lot for <laughs> That's Madrid. a lot for a team. Or Atletico, at That's least. That's a lot Sorry. for Atletico, too. Um, never seen Atletico spend this much on a player, right? Yeah, I, I don't think I mean, if, like, Griezmann, what, was probably, like, $40 million or something like that, right? Griezmann wasn't no, extremely he was, he was expensive, like, was he? Griezmann was expensive for them, but I think he was more, like, 30 25 Yeah, he yeah, because he was coming from Sociedad. Right, correct? Yeah, exactly. so. Yeah, I, I actually, okay, so this is an interesting one, right? He's still a teenager. He's nowhere yeah. near his prime. He's still developing. He had one great season at Benfica. Take nothing away from him. Of course. But I think the biggest thing for Atleti in this is that he's a direct replacement for Griezmann. I think yeah. because you allow him to fit in almost like the identical role that Griezmann was in, he's a very similar player to Antoine Griezmann, right? You give him the number 10 role, he's going to score goals. I have no doubt about that. He's extremely technically gifted. His passing ability is very, very high. It's obviously mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not top 10 or anything like that. But yeah. for a 19-year-old, it's really, really, really good. And I've been impressed from what I've seen, at least. Um, the one big question mark is just consistency, right? At that age, it's, it's just important to play. It's important to get yeah. out there and, and develop your game and keep growing. But one, how often will he be able to play? I know by the looks of it, from from what I've seen in Atleti and their training and preseason regimen it looks like i think they could go with some version of a 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2 um one, I, it's it's kind of up in the air because this is this is really has been a revolutionary transfer window for them in, in in the sense that they are really changing their model and changing the way that they play under Simeone um but i think in a couple of years João Felix could really really be a top 10 player um but right now i think he still has a lot to prove okay yeah 
But I, I have high hopes for him. I mean, I don't want to yeah. see him score in the Camp Nou or anything, but like, I, <laughs> I still think he's incredibly gifted. But I think the biggest thing for them is that he's like a direct Griezmann um, swap, almost yeah. with a uh, with a high potential, if not maybe just as high as Griezmann. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, they also lost Madrid uh, or Atletico lost uh, Rodri, right? Rodri, so, yes. Tell me a little a bit about him. He's coming. He's coming to the machine that is Manchester City. Yeah. So I. I am not shocked at all that Pep wanted a player like Rodri. He mm-hmm. is the reincarnation of Sergio Busquets like eight years ago. Oh, like yikes. he is. God damn. He, uh, yeah, we'll have that conversation. Uh, Busquets is, for me is, was at some point the best defensive midfielder. No, no, for world. sure. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying the yikes on this freaking city, man. My gosh. Uh, anyway, go anyway, on. yeah, you're go right. on. <laughs> No, I think, I think this is a perfect. Perfect signing for for City. Um, yeah. Rodri is is I think the biggest part of his game is his technical ability, um, his ability to pass, get out of tight spaces, to see passes, um, and his positional play is I think second to none. Um, I'm very very impressed with the way that he's able to move the ball around, um, and I think for a holding midfielder in a Guardiola team, you need to be you those need to be the, your best qualities yeah. easily. Yeah, right? you have. I'm watching his highlights right now. He's 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 pretty big. He's a yeah, big guy. Yeah, too. exactly. He's big so, too. Yeah. And if that's you, good, if that's going to be really good it, in Premier League. That'll be really important. The physicality, right. especially. Go on. Yeah. No, I was I was just yeah. saying like you think about City's midfield and they're all like small guys, right? Like yeah, Leonardo yeah. and and David Silva and whatever. But then um, they still had the a guy like they, Fernandinho there, right. who was their imposer or whatever. And this guy is technically better. Than, exactly. Than. Uh, than for exactly. Sure. So I think I think he f- slots perfectly into this team. My only concern is I think you're getting to the number of players where City have to say, do we have too many midfielders? Right. Yeah. You can for sure. you can name seven, almost yeah. eight that could play in some variation of midfield yeah. role. And I'm, I'm including people like Raheem Sterling. And right. Right. Like so you have like the the whole uh, Sane. Right. Right. The, where, Perhaps the, Sane problem right. where where maybe a team like Bayern comes in for him or whatever. But yeah. you know you have so much um, so much talent. It's it's tough. It's it's a problem that uh it's the problem that um, Madrid face. Yeah, yeah, that's right? true. So that's it, especially, true. I mean, a problem that they faced without, I guess, Zidane there to uh, calm everyone's yeah, egos or whatever. Yeah. But um, no, I, I, I see. I definitely see what you're saying. I, I personally think that Rodri will and should start for the City team on yeah. the regular, um, especially in big games and things like that. Because oh, for sure. yeah, that's what yeah, he can it seems like it, Yeah, it seems like he probably will end up. Yeah, being, I, I would be very shocked if he didn't. Um, yeah. at least after a month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, obviously. Pep likes him. That's why I brought him in for yeah. what I think it was like sixty-ish mil. They just, um, yeah, they just they. The thing that sets City apart is that they have the best executive um, structure. Yeah, right. They have the in best executive. Yeah, they yeah. have the best executive structure in the Premier League at least. And then you would have to say probably one of the two or three best in Europe. Yeah, you know, you, they brought over those guys from um, from Barcelona. Uh, with, who's it? Chiki um, from Barcelona to City. Yes, yes. He, I know they brought over. I know that when Ooh. Pep came, they brought over. Um, at least one of the technical directors from Barcelona. Oh man, this I'll have to look. That was but, that was a while. I have to I have to look it up too. I don't necessarily remember. Off the top but either way, like they, they have they. If you, if you ever get it, if anyone here ever gets a chance to watch their um, all or nothing 
um, oh, that was, Amazon that was Prime great. that yeah. they actually have. They have they do a couple interviews with the with uh, oh, okay. those guys there. So yeah, yeah. and like they are just so good at at finding their talent and being yeah. very efficient with um, getting players and. There's a lot of trust. Like report. In, yeah. Yeah, when they yeah. found report, that was yeah. huge. Like, there's a lot of trust between Pep and, and, and those guys, and that is something that most teams don't have. So yeah. that's what makes them a machine. That's why I call them a damn machine. They're just, yeah. they, they, they just know exactly what the hell they're doing, and they do it better than a lot of other clubs. Yeah. They're going to be, they're going to be around for a little bit. Speaking of center backs, too, um, Mm. Delict, my Matthias Delict, one of the best young center backs in Europe. Objectively, I, I can be objective, even though he's he's off to Juve. He's not coming to Barca. He would have been the perfect PK replacement for the next ten years. But you know, he wanted to play with a god. He wanted no, to play with no, the okay. man right. at the Nations League final. The right. man, this, this Nations the League man stuff man needs to be came up to him. And said, "You are ready. <laughs> you are ready to play with he me." He did the uh, the Simba of yes. <laughs> European football. Yes, and he raised him. He will be raising him at the first game of the season. Ronaldo. Ronaldo told him, "You are ready to play with me." I really, I honestly, I don't think Ronaldo that had that much of a thing. I <laughs> no. really, no, I no, really no, don't no, think. no. I think yeah. Mino had a lot of a no, huge effect. No. Yeah, it's it's hearsay. But Delict <laughs> did say did say at uh, his introductory um, conference, he said that the Ronaldo thing didn't have that much thing that he was going to. Uh, he was planning on picking Juventus anyway. But whatever. Um, yeah. No, but I love him. I love yeah. him. I loved watching him in the Champions League this year. He. Oh my God! Yeah, was it was just so obvious when you watched that he was the. Best player on the best defender on the field for sure in games against Juventus. Him jumping over Benucci <laughs> yeah. to score headers, unreal. Yeah. The guy's athletically a beast. He's built like he's, he, he's a, a Dutch Adonis. <laughs> All right, he he's got the perfect center back body. He's so fucking huge yeah. and oh god, he's Can great. See his hair too. Oh, That's the perfect. man is unbelievable. <laughs> He's uh he but he is gonna be twenty so you know he, you can't always get consistency you're not gonna get complete consistency but he was yeah. pretty close to it um he was pretty close to it in the Champions League especially there and, were there and, were definitely times you know, in in the Nations League where he made a couple of mistakes yeah, here and there for sure right for sure. I mean it's nice to have Virgil Van Dyke as your other <laughs> center back pair it's so unbelievable that's unbelievable that's that's a center back pair pair that's for the, next the best years. center back pairing. In the world, and it's not yeah. even close. Yeah. It's not close. Yeah, that's you, that's not. It's not remotely close. Yeah, for sure. The, yeah, Holland's going to be awesome the next few years. Absolutely. Um, but Delict, yeah, I think I think uh, I know you, we had talked about he, this. Yeah, we did. But I, I'm just thinking, like, do you think he unseats the two, as I call yeah. Italian pensioners? Yeah, yeah, the two men who are in rocking chairs. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I think. I think. I'm giving it six to eight weeks before he's consistently starting over six them. Six to eight weeks. Um, Sorry did not show an affinity for young players at Chelsea, so 
Um, this just isn't any young player. This is, but I know exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm saying I think it'll. That's why I think he'll he'll probably get like it'll probably be like six weeks, six right, to eight weeks right. before he's actually because it, he's not gonna be able to den- to deny like how good someone this good is, yeah this good, especially because also Delict fits sorry system actually better than yeah. Um, Bonucci, in all honesty, he does actually. Yeah, ball he, playing or Barzali, he he yeah. he fits it better than just about any of their center backs that they have. So yeah. I, I think he'll actually come in pretty soon. You may also sign a couple other center center backs too, especially yeah. younger ones. I mean, obviously they need to replace yeah. the, the old guys. Um, I, I'm just curious to see by the end of the season where Chiellini and Bonucci are. Are they even in the starting lineups in Champions League and, you know, big right. games, things like that? I, I'm just curious. I know I, I have a feeling. By, uh, yeah, starting. I believe by the end of the season it'll it'll be delict in one of those two spots. Yeah. But uh, definitely I think I think for the first month or so, you know, for big games, Champions Although, you know, like what's, what's a bigger stage than – than going to play at Real, at, uh, Real Madrid, play yeah. <laughs> than going to play um, at the San or not San Siro at um, Juventus Stadium in Turin. Yeah. In Turin, like what's what's a bigger stage than that? What's a bigger stage yeah. than going to play at Wembley in the Champions League? Yeah, like, what's yeah. a what's yeah. a bigger stage than that? You know, the, <laughs> what's a bigger stage than the Nations League final? Um, you know, is there one? I don't know, but. <laughs> If you guys can't see me right now, but I'm giving Rihanna death stare. Uh, but there, but basically, there's nothing that's going to scare this guy. All right, yeah. so so he can't. Sorry, can't be squirmish about playing him in big games because there's nothing will face him at this point. For sure, so. for sure. We have one more, put, or I guess transfer that's already happened. Um, your father, I think, is off. To no, the, not not my father. My brother. Oh, your brother. My American Excuse brother. Me. My American, American brother. brother. Little brother, actually. He's younger than me, so. Yeah, yeah actually, wow. Yeah. You know we have the same birthday. Just oh, really? Apart. Yeah. Wow. Same birthday. Wow. But, um, yeah, the Christian, I'm from Hershey, Pennsylvania, Pulisic. Pulisic, America, yes. Yeah. So, genuine question, where, like, where where does he fit in? Where does in this, he fit in? in? this Chelsea team. Uh, so, his best spot <sighs> It's on the wing for sure. Right. Um, I think he's probably best suited to play on the right wing um, because, you know. He's, so where Hazard was? Well, yeah. Hazard actually liked playing on the left more because oh, really? he liked to cut in stuff. Yeah. Um, which Pulisic loves to do too, but Pulisic doesn't necessarily cut in to shoot. Um, and neither technically did Hazard, but Hazard provided more of a threat mm-hmm. of that. But... Um, I think he might be best suited for the right wing because his crossing is very good. I think he'd be a little more dangerous on that side. But um, I am cautiously, in large caps, cautiously optimistic <laughs> about this. Um, Do you think he gets enough playing time? I need him to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, this is not a, That's not even love. just not <laughs> even <laughs> not even not even just purely for like a Chelsea thing. Yeah. If he's not good, if this goes badly, yeah. Then U.S. soccer is screwed. Yeah. Absolutely screwed. Well, I don't. I don't think it goes not screwed. badly. I don't. I don't think it goes badly. I think. Um, I don't think it'll go badly. I. I, I think. Um, I think he gets a good chance. You know, he he's not Hazard, but he will provide 
someone who actually is willing to go at defenders. Um, he at least will provide something of a substitute for that. Um, I think that's a lot of what they're missing on uh, when Hazard was out was guys who were willing to take on defenders, which is why when you saw Hudson Odoi come in, it seemed like the team was just completely different because yeah. he actually was not Did afraid something? to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was actually not afraid to go at players. So he, you're telling me that William doesn't provide the same attack look, threat? This is a part of it. Um, <laughs> this is why I think he's going to get a great chance. He's, I think he's going to get a really great chance because Lampard coming in as manager who really stressed um, playing with the young guys at Derby last year. Um, he's not afraid to play them. He's going to get the backing from fans, especially. He's going to get sympathy from media and whoever else who may think to um, to actually try to criticize him because there's the whole transfer ban. He's going to get a year. Yeah, yeah it's right? not He's going to get a year to figure it out, right? No, people aren't going to be too tough on him. So right. I think he'll get a chance to play the young guys, to play the guys like um, Loftus-Cheek, who's out with Achilles, um, to play Pulisic especially, to play Pulisic, right? Um, with Hazard leaving, Lampard coming in, with the corpses of Pedro and the... <laughs> <laughs> the disrespect the corpse, to the corpse of Pedro, who I know I loved, I loved him two years ago on the uh, on the title winning team because he was awesome and no, and he's great. He's a he's a winner. So, yeah. but um, but I I can't keep watching him uh, just try to cut inside every time <laughs> yeah, he has the ball. <laughs> it, like I mean, sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. But it's super predictable. And right. there's there was a big <clears throat> problem last season was there I wasn't a lot of stuff actually wide to open up space yeah. in the channels for yeah, everyone else. Yeah. Everyone they had on those wings <clears throat> were trying to cut inside. Right. Which is right, why when right. Hudson Adoy came in, it was someone who was actually trying to go to the byline right, and cut right. it or whatever, right? So um I think Pulisic will do will will uh be pretty effective in doing that. Um as well as hopefully unseating the new Chelsea number ten. Yes, he is taking Hazard's number <laughs> William. He yeah. wore the number 10 in Copa America. I could not believe what I was seeing. Uh, how do you feel about that? Tell me how you really feel. Look, I can't keep yeah, watching yeah. this. Yeah, now you know how I feel I when I watch Messi I can't keep watching this man who does he does this he does the same thing as Pedro, but when he cuts inside, he's not it's passing worse. it. He's not passing it. No, he's not. He's shooting it. To be uh, fair, he scored worldly doing that. Hey, man, once every uh, six weeks, it is dope. <laughs> All right? It looks awesome. <laughs> um, and when that free kick goes in for the third time in eight months, it is dope. But, <laughs> uh, but I can't keep watching him just slow the play down. The man is yeah. like the Carmelo Anthony of uh, soccer. Oh. He gets the ball and... Everything stops. <laughs> Everything stops, and he's just and yeah. So yeah. I think Pulisic will get a good chance. Um, I think it was awesome of him to cut his um, his his uh, vacation short and come yeah, into the training. Yep, cut it cut it short because he's a winner. Um, he cut it short to come and meet up with the team, and uh, that's great for him. I, I think that's really good. Um, he's going to get a chance to really. Uh, 
get closer with the guys in the team there and also get a little bit um, acclimated to Lampard, whatever Lampard's style will be. Um, and more than anything, you know, uh, it's looking more and more like Hudson Odoi will probably stay. Um, looking like it. Looking like it. Um, I mean, if I'm Chelsea, I just keep telling Bayern to screw off. Yeah. You know, what they have, there's no reason for us to sell them. There's no reason to even sit down and negotiate. There's no reason all. at all. Yeah. Not one at all. And I truly believe that Hudson Odoi once, like, is the guy who came up through this academy since he was like nine gonna want gonna turn down playing every week for them no. <laughs> like, exactly that's the dream that's what you that's what you play so he's, he's, he's like 18 he's like 19 years old so right, so right. you know you, you have no reason to, to even talk with Bayern yeah. um unless they come at you with like I don't know like let's start the bidding at like 80 million pounds yeah then you might have to think about it but I love the prospect of him and uh, Pulisic playing together for an extended amount of time, growing together. And, that would be awesome um, to see. That would be great. One on each wing. It would be awesome. Especially awesome. if they're consistent. Yeah. Especially if they're consistent. Yeah. Sure. And it'll be it'll be great for which in turn will be great for U.S. soccer. In turn will be great for uh, England soccer too. So yeah. Awesome. Well, that wraps up the biggest transfers that have happened so far. Um, we don't have a lot of time left, so we're going to run through some of the rumors that have been out there uh the most recent one is where in the world is gareth bale international man of mystery yeah no one no one As really in, knows it's a freaking mystery where he's playing is he still in madrid well, are we no, sure okay. <laughs> are we sure that gareth bale is alive and zidane has not locked him away in a dungeon somewhere <laughs> he's so i think he was on the preseason tour with Real, they did they did some preseason training up in Montreal, and they went to play their game against Bayern, which they lost LML, LMAO, hmm. whatever. Um, um, and then he didn't make it into the team for a yeah. preseason friendly. And then Zidane obviously had those comments. I think which he said something along the lines of, you know, it's it's better for both parties um, if Gareth leaves, and threw in the uh, the backhanded compliment, sorry, insult of yeah. If tomorrow, the better. Um, and I think that just goes to show not only the terrible relationship that is reported to be or reported to be had between Gareth and Zindane Zidane, um, mm. but just the fact that there's a huge disconnect between him and the club. At least on paper, yeah. they were supposed to be holding on to Gareth Bale and said to him, we want you to essentially fill Ronaldo's shoes after he left. Obviously, he got injured. Things changed, whatever. Scored the best goal I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> in a Champions League final. In a final. Champions League final. The most yeah. athletic goal you will ever see in your life. Yeah. Greatest bicycle kick ever. Yeah. Truly incredible. Um, and if you watch his highlight reel for Real, it's incredible, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's just there's a lack of consistency. In yeah. it. And I get the club's position, but... There, you have to make a decision at some point and say, if you're this injured and we can't afford to pay you like this for the you know the output that you're giving us, yeah. then we're going to move you on. I get that. But a part of me is just shocked that Zidane came out and said, hey, Gareth Bale is up for sale. Bidding starts at whatever price right. that you guys are willing to offer yeah. pretty much because we want him out. I don't know. I it's, It seems disrespectful. It seems... 
it seems just outlandish and unfair to Gareth Bale, and I can't believe I'm defending a Real Madrid player right now, but that that's genuinely my my first opinion of it. It's it's just shocking to me. And I I, I hope he ends up going somewhere, you know, still in Europe because it's reported that I know he wants to or not he wants to, but he could go to China, become the highest paid player in China ever. Um or, you know, PSG, Spurs, United, yeah. all potential decision or just destinations. But I I don't know, for me, I kinda just want to see him play well again. Like kind of how he plays for Wales and how he's played for Real Madrid before. He's an incredible player and yeah. I, I love seeing talent like that. So I don't know. He's he's in his thirties now. Um I I wonder where he'll, he'll end up. I really don't know. My my guess, if I had to put money on it, is that he actually stays at Madrid and that no one actually buys him. And he, he sits and rots on the bench, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, that looks like the most likely thing. Right. Um, yeah, so Dan's quotes. Gareth Bale wasn't in the match day squad today because the club is negotiating his departure, dot, dot, dot. I hope it's soon. That would be the best for everyone. And I think he said yeah. it with, like, a chuckle, too. If you watch the video, he was like, yeah, <laughs> tomorrow it would be, would be best. And you're kind of like... Man, that's what that's what that's what someone says to you if you know you get rejected from like a date, right? Like, uh, better this is over tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This it's that's that's disrespectful. But it's like a bad um, breakup. It's tough. That's tough. Yeah. I mean, the guy was. I I love Barrett Bell too. He's great, man. He's yeah. When healthy, he's, he's he was kind of the closest thing physically to Ronaldo. That's true. Right? Like yeah. the, with the pace and just how strong he really is. And Technically not so much, but... Yeah, yeah. No, 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 he's not. Yeah. yeah. But you're comparing Ronaldo. But to just him. physically, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so... We'll it's see tough. what happens. We'll see, we'll see. Um, hopefully, I mean, it seems like the only team that would be... I don't want to say stupid enough, but... Uh, yeah, sure, let's say stupid enough. <laughs> to pay um, the wages that he wants... And be so desperate would be like United. That's that's too. I can see yeah. desperate enough to do that, but uh, you know they don't even really like spending money like that anymore. So yeah, we'll see. Speaking of United, too, we have two players associated with the club: Pogba going away from United and Harry Maguire, Maguire coming, coming in. in. Eighty million pounds for Harry Maguire. Yeah, that's a lot for sure. That's, that's how much was Virgil Van Dyke? Ben, oh, he was like 60, Set, 70, 70, 70. I think it was probably 70. Which is, it was a lot. It was a lot, so, but, but look at a lot got. for the best defender in the world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, watch yourself. Jared PK still exists. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, no, but uh, no, Harry Maguire, I love Harry Maguire. He's, he's also great. He's, he was England's probably best center back at the World Cup um, last year, last mm. summer. So and he had another great season for Leicester. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. But if your other options are Phil Jones, Chris <laughs> Eric Smalling, <Bailly. laughs> Eric Bailly, Lindelof, and Marcos Rojo's ghost, like I, like, where is Marcos Rojo? He wasn't even in the Argentina team, and he was in the World Cup last summer. That's knows, not, I didn't even think about knows. that. Knows. I think he went to Sir Alex Ferguson's house for dinner at some point. That never came and, out. Uh, just never came back. Yeah. <laughs> so, Safer in there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, they have to do it. They had to do it. They had absolutely no choice. So, yeah, United are uh, a sham um, in just total disarray. Yeah. I get why they did it. And they have to. it's obviously a good signing for them. Yeah. Um, 
you just ha- I think they have to figure out a way to balance it between everything else. Now you have a, a linchpin, or I don't think yeah, no, the right yeah, word. you got you, you have the first, you got your spine, you've got exactly De Gea, that's the word spine. Got De Gea who just signed a new contract, very long term, right? yeah, six yeah. years, I think like one hundred forty million, right, that's, right. That's, that's, a lot, that's a lot yeah, of dough. That's a lot of money. Um, De Gea, you have Maguire now. Um, you. I guess you have Rashford up front. Rashford, actually, this will be good for Rashford with Lukaku probably leaving. Yeah, He'll actually get a chance to play through the middle, which is probably his best position. Um, and then in the center, you have maybe Pogba. Who knows now? Well, okay. Pogba's, Pogba is an interesting case, at least from what I've heard. I haven't seen that much interest from Real Madrid being generated recently. Right. I know I know he's obviously been on their radar for years now. I think the issue is twofold. You have Real Madrid who spent an insane amount of money this summer, yeah. over 300 million um on players. They have not sold nearly enough to um either A balance the books or B I don't think even meet financial fair play. Right. Um so that's the one issue, right? I don't know if Real can even afford him right now. Two, I don't think that United are willing to let him go yet. I think Ole, if I were Ole, I would want to get another year out of him, at least. If oh, you're sure. starting yeah. to rebuild this squad from practically yeah, the ground this up. Yeah, is, this is, this is um, Ole Gunnar's first year. First real first, year. First full year. First full year. So, yeah, yeah he's definitely going to I, th- I think, yeah, I think you're right. And I, I think I was saying this to you off, off air, too. I think Pogba stays around this year. I don't think there's a high chance that he goes. But I think next summer he will probably start to seriously look for a new destination if United especially doesn't get their, their crap together. Cause yeah. like at that point you're playing with like a couple guys and like two stars and that's not really going to fly for someone that could be a top 10 player in the world and debatably might be a top 10 player in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll, yeah. Debate Very debatably. Very he's, debatable. He's man. He was great for those first six weeks after Mourinho was fired that somehow got him <laughs> onto team of the season. He was, wow, six weeks, got him on team of the season? That's yeah. weird. But, um, <laughs> but, but for those six weeks, he, was, he looked like, was like the, the guy most, yeah. that they paid for. But that's the thing about Pogba. He's awesome, but he is so enigmatic. Yeah. And it's... And I don't know what it is. I think it did. I you know not to be uh, not to be insensitive here, but <laughs> but I, these French players, some of them are just so enigmatic. It's yeah. it's their he just disappeared. You yeah, know? yeah, just kind of like eh, when I feel like it, kind of thing. I'll, I'll step up. You know, or I'll, I'll yeah, sink, yeah. Sink into but the then again, you know, part of it could have been obviously he did not like Mourinho. So I'll give him, I guess, a pass for not. You know, playing up to the level that's right, expected of right. him during that time, but then once um, Ole Gunnar got the full time job, right. he also was like, "Yeah." But but it could have been because you know maybe he doesn't like playing with some of these guys. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Like this is like the best players want to play with the best players, right? And you know, it's tough when you look around and see Ashley Young 
at left back. <laughs> and uh, then you look up or top. Or you look to your left and your right and you see, well, God knows who at this point, Fred and you a see couple, Fred, couple guys. Uh, every pass into Lukaku's feet is going out for a goal kick. <laughs> it's tough. It's yeah. tough. So... Um, there's the thing. I think he might. I think you know. Yes, there is a good chance that he probably ends up staying for the season. Yeah. But I would also say if he plays this entire season with United, there's like a 85 percent chance that ends in a that is just a train wreck. Yeah. So yeah, agreed. We'll see with that. Um, next, I guess we can move yeah. on to the biggest transfer rumor of the summer. Yeah. The man who. <laughs> Flops refuses to even show up to training. He's playing volleyball tournaments <laughs> in Brazil. In Brazil, I think he, I think he finally came back to training uh, um, with PSG. Neymar, yeah. Thoughts? Okay, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me give a brief overview because I know we really don't have that much time. I know it's been about an hour and some now, so I'll make it quick. Right, Neymar left a couple years ago. Two summers ago, to be exact, um, on very bad terms, uh, the board definitely felt hard done by. Um, and you really have to understand what happened here to understand what's going on now. Now he feels like he should go back to a club that he can consistently, you know, play well at. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, play, you know, deep into the Champions League yep. rather than get knocked out on penalties. Yep. Um, and I think where his head is at is, I've made a mistake, right? I made a mistake leaving, you know, the best players in the world in a place that I was comfortable to seek personal gain or personal growth, which which is not a problem. I'm not going to no, you know, no, shut on him for him that. No, no, you can't fault him for the money that he's making. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. You, you really, I, like, I understood it. I, I was definitely upset at the time. But my fear is that, he will always be a person that is in it for personal gain. Mm. And he sees, I think he sees Barcelona as a stepping stone for personal gain to get back to the image that he was once at as a global superstar. Mm -hmm. He was, I mean, when he left, he was what top three, right? It was, yeah, it was, (laughs) it was unbelievable that he was going to be, that that he was going to PSG. It's why he was the most expensive transfer ever. Like he's, yeah, he, no, he, it was, it was just shocking at the time. And so, now, 2019, summer 2019, these reports start breaking. Neymar himself wants to go. Not Barcelona want to bring him back. Because yes, Barcelona's yeah. number one target was Griezmann for the whole right. summer. And for, I guess, the whole year because yeah, last summer yeah. happened and everything. But it was always Griezmann. Then Neymar came into the picture. And then now you have to start thinking about what's going on. So my understanding is that Neymar wants it out. Barcelona are willing to negotiate. They do not have the cash to pay for Neymar to come back. They just don't. Um, one of the things that Barcelona, one of the biggest problems they have is their massive wage bill. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the normal wage bill for most European clubs is like 70-ish percent of their um, income goes towards players' wages and things like that. Um, at Barcelona, I think it's upwards of 80%, which needs to be cut down immediately. And they, they started, they've recognized that problem. They started to, to cut that out a little bit in the last couple transfer windows, um, which is great. But the problem is they, they don't have the money. Yeah. Money to pay Neymar, money to pay PSG. They just don't have it. Um, do I want to see Neymar back at Barcelona? I would be okay with it. I think 
that he offers an incredible amount. Obviously, he's still one of my favorite players from when he's at his best. Yeah. When he's at his best, it's it's incredible to watch him. Yeah. Um, but I just don't see that. I don't see this this rumor or this transfer going through. I just cannot see how Barcelona get the money. I can't see how PSG agree to anything. Um, albeit his relationship with PSG is absolutely broken uh, at this yeah, point. Yeah, I don't know how he goes back. Yeah, <laughs> that that's also the other thing. Yeah. Um, the one theory that um, – it was funny. I was listening to Sid Lowe talk about this. Shout out Sid Lowe. Um, he has a theory that this entire saga has been a quote-unquote Machiavellian effort to get back at Neymar for leaving Barcelona in the first place, which would just be absolutely epic. Wait, to, on whose end? On Barcelona's end to to at least showcase interest from PSG yeah. or from their end to PSG and to Neymar's you know whole side right. of their uh, Neymar's representatives and things, and then for them to turn around at the end of the transfer window and say. We're not interested anymore, <laughs> and which will leave him with a totally broken relationship yeah. with PSG, and well, a lot to play for. Yeah, see, PSG is such a fake big club, man. Yeah, and I know as a Chelsea fan, this is uh, maybe calling the uh, pot calling kettle black, but um, PSG is such a fake big club. Like their league is bad. It just yeah. is bad. <laughs> the quality. <laughs> they are, of they, they is are not like the Bizarro Galacticos. Like they're run yeah, like a yeah. FIFA career mode team. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm not remotely surprised about this. Whether whatever Neymar's reasons are, but I'm not remotely surprised. I can't see how any world class player who is in his youth, like his prime, whatever. This is his know, prime. He's, tw- he's in his youth. Now. You know, between so between the ages of like twenty, twenty seven, whatever. Unless they're literally from Paris, I guess, yeah. or, or whatever. The, I don't see how they'll be satisfied playing at this club for more than like three years. Yeah, you know, I think I think we're probably like eighteen months away from <laughs> the Mbappe rumors of him leaving. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I the, whatever. So that so a team that can't even get past the quarterfinal. You know, and throwing all this money at it, you know, yeah. it's only a matter of time before those young players want to leave. Yeah. Um, and then just I have like one more thing on Neymar. For any NBA fans, Neymar's last like six years has been very similar to that of Kyrie Irving, right? Wait, what do you mean? So this prodigious young player comes in with a lot of hype, right? Um, Kyrie Irving, number one pick. Um, Neymar, we were seeing his Santos um, YouTube highlights for years before he comes, and he wins the Puskas, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Comes in and begins playing with the quote-unquote best player in the sport, right? Um, Irving playing with LeBron James. um, Neymar playing with Messi. Mm -hmm. um, And achieves great success. The biggest success you can get in the club sport. Irving wins the uh, finals Mm -hmm. with LeBron James. Neymar wins a Liga and wins a Champions League with Messi. And soon after that, both of them decide, eh, I don't really like playing with the best player in the world anymore. (laughs) I don't like being in that person's shadow. Kyrie Irving asks for a trade. Um, Neymar demands to leave and go to PSG. They want to go to a team where they're the star. They're the best player. They want their own team. Right. right? And then after a few years of that, 
in Kyrie Irving's case, two years. By the end of his last season with, with uh, Boston, he's you know just being weird and <laughs> like and and just and like that season and and you know calling out players on the team and and their season ends horribly. Neymar doesn't reach quite the success that uh, he was expecting with PSG. That he you know he's not playing with the with as great of players, and decides that now he wants to leave. He decides he's made a mistake, right? right? And like you said, made a mistake, and now is coming trying to go back to the best player in the world and play with the best players in right. the world, right? right. So, uh, very so that, that that's just like an aside. That, that that's something that I observe is really really interesting to see in two completely different sports. Um, so Neymar. Interesting. That's really interesting stuff. Um, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. He, I, I can't imagine that him going back to PSG is a real um, um, is a real big possibility there. Um, so yeah, like um, I said, just, I can't see it either. Yeah. So we'll do just a couple quick hits at the end here, just on the managerial changes. We can. Um, I'll save. I'll save the Lampard. Chelsea one for when we do our Premier League preview, um, but you know the yeah. only thing after that happy 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 joy 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 on that one. But uh, I'll get more into that when we actually do the Premier League. Um, Quick note preview. to the Premier League preview of the uh, of the season will be out next week, so look out for that as well. But yeah, um, but so let's just we'll just touch on a couple here. Uh, Antonio Conte to Inter. Um, awesome. I still love Antonio Conte. I wish that he would have gotten another season at Chelsea, but it didn't seem like both sides really wanted that. So, but um, I think Inter obviously knows the manager they're getting. He's, he's a great manager. He works so hard. He sets up his teams really, really well. Um, I think they're going to be pretty good. I'm very happy that uh, I'll actually be able to watch them and stuff. ESPN Plus, thankfully. <laughs> um and uh, I mean, they're going to be. I think they'll be good because Conte is awesome. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, um, who knows what happens with Icardi? I knowing That's Antonio Conte, there is not a chance that uh, Mario Icardi plays a single minute for this team. There's <laughs> 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 not a chance. There's no chance. Um, so who knows? Maybe maybe Juventus comes in after him. That seems like something that would make sense for them um, if they can afford it. Um, they haven't spent crazy money other than the lick, but they haven't yeah. spent crazy money. Um, so I think it's possible he goes to Juventus. Yeah, no, I, I like the, the Antonio Conte to enter one too. It, it makes sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. I think stylistically that makes sense. Um, he's back in Italy where yeah. he, I think he wanted to be yeah. after he left Chelsea. Yeah, um, sure. I am very interested to see where Icardi ends up. If he stays or if he if he doesn't, um, because I think that's a huge what if in his entire scenario. Yeah, right? Then who do you make the focal point of your front line? It kind of is up in the air at that point. Do you have to change your formation to just be two strikers up top in a four four two? Do you have to do you leave alone striker? That that in itself has a lot of questions. So I'm really interested to see how Inter do this season. Um, but I'll I'll leave that up to Conte to figure out. Yeah, true. <laughs> and then uh, sorry to Juventus. I'll just. Do some quick stuff there. Um, weird, 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 weird season. It was the weirdest <laughs> season I've ever seen for a Chelsea team that somehow ended with third and winning the Europa League. Um, at one point, I think a lot of people wanted him fired. Uh, at one point, I yeah. think <laughs> a lot of points. At a lot of points. 
for, and a lot of points. For, yeah, um, a large majority of the Yeah, season. yeah, a lot of points. Um, the fans the fans were really on him. Um, I think that's probably what made him want to leave so badly. Yeah. Um, I think it was a weird situation for him. Um, but he brought silverware. Brought silverware. And uh, at times the team looked played really well, looked really good. Um the most yeah, adorable you, thing in the world is when he held his, uh, his Europa League medal. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. got his first like, trophy. Uh, um, so happy for him in that. Um, Juventus only cares now about the Champions League. They've won Serie yeah. A uh, what, like seven six, years, six seven. I think. Yeah. Um, six or seven, yeah. So they don't care about Serie A. Anyway. I mean, like they obviously they care. Well, if you, the thing is, here's the thing. If you don't win it and you're the manager that broke that record, you're immediately out. That's true. And that's going to come and, at some point. And... You know, Juventus fans are worse than Chelsea fans, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> As in they're not kind. If you're a Juventus yes. fan, please don't bite our heads yes. off. Yes, <laughs> if, if you are an ultra, um, I love Juventus. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you guys are awesome. Keep throwing the bananas. It, it is totally not <laughs> weird at all. Okay. Um, but, no, Juventus only cares about the cha- – not, not only cares, but, like, they're – they're not bringing in guys to win Serie A anymore, right? Right. That's right. not their thing. So he's going to be under like thirty times more pressure than he was last season. But um, he probably recognizes that. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I here's the thing. I think the sorry to Juve one it, it doesn't make as much sense to me from a at least like a tactical point of view. Um, I get him wanting to come back to Italy and everything. Uh, going from where he was five years ago to Chelsea to Juve is a huge, huge step, especially managing yeah. and, you know players like Ronaldo and like the big players that he's going to have. Um, I think it's a huge task to undertake for him. I really like and appreciated his style in Napoli. I thought that was one of the best at that time in Europe. Um, and if he could bring that to Barcelona, that'd be great. Um, mm-hmm. But I have a lot of concerns with him being able to apply that at Juventus. I think he has the players to do it. I think especially in that midfield, he has the players to do it. I just worry so much as how the whole unit is going to gel, especially between the front line and the midfield. Yeah, Um, It's it's always tough with Ronaldo Ronaldo to try to play uh, a system where the ball gets spread around a lot right. through the attack. Exactly, the race, right? exactly. So. And I, I don't think Ronaldo's the player. You know, I, obviously, he's an incredible player. He's not the yeah. player to spread the ball Yeah, but around. you saw last season that, how much they relied on him, right? So right. Like, especially, like, you saw in, like, in the Champions League, especially against Ajax, he was the only person that scored for them. Right, right. And, uh, so. He didn't have, like, an overall great season he, at Juve, though. Yeah, he, he wasn't, like, necessarily, like, Amazing, but he yeah. just scored. He just yeah, scored no, goals. he did his he just, job. He's he's doing. He he now is just he just knows what positions to get in to score goals and stuff. So yeah, you know. yeah, he's obviously one of the best of that we've ever seen. Yeah, um, I'm 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 a little more hesitant to see how Juve does. I think they'll still win Serie A, but I think it'll be very very close. Yeah, um, I, uh, yeah, with I, the rest I, of the top mm-hmm. four or five in in Italy. So we'll see what happens there, but. Yeah. I think with that, that sort of wraps up our agenda for today. Um, If you made it through the whole thing, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Look out for our Premier League preview next week. We'll have a lot of good content there. And if you did enjoy our VAR disputes, look out for a lot more on that in the next several months. We're going to be having a lot of discussions about that. VAR is coming to the Premier League. so VAR is coming to the Prem, yeah. And it'll be sticking around, hopefully. Right, Rion? Well, um, I'll save it. (laughs) All right.
We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.